everybody. November the 24th, 2023. You know what that means. Tomorrow, Michigan, Ohio State. We're talking with former Wolverine Jerry DiOrio, who joins us here on this Friday. Jerry, how are you? It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine, Denny. We're ready to go. Let's go. Yeah, well, everyone is ready to go. The last true Saturday of college football of the year. Everyone always goes by extremely fast because everybody loves it so much. Jerry, not only did you go to Michigan and play at Michigan, you are from Ohio. So this is kind of your week. Let's start there. Uh, growing up in Youngstown, Ohio, you have an opportunity. Uh, I know of some people that could be fans of the Browns or the Steelers or the Lions. And then in college, however it works there as a youngster growing up in Youngstown, Ohio, what teams were you a fan of? Well, Denny, it kind of went in uh, phases. You know, I remember back in uh, 1969, I cried when uh, Ohio State got beat by Michigan. But then all of our uh, Youngstown boys started going to Michigan. I had to take another look. We had uh, Mike Turkovac, a good friend of mine, Mike Turkovac, Ed Moransky, John Lott, um, all these guys, uh, uh, Sanford, Washington, all these guys went to uh, Michigan right from my hometown, right from Youngstown, Ohio. And um, there seemed to be a real pipeline. And, and it just, um, you know, I, I kind of fit in with those guys and, and not many of the Ohio State guys. And, and uh, so, like I said, it kind of went in phases. At one time, I was an Ohio State fan. But uh, back about in the mid-70s, uh, that all changed. Um, when you got into high school and you start, you know, having college, big-time colleges look at you, Michigan started looking at you, Ohio State look at you. I mean, other schools. I mean, how did how did that play out? Well, you know, Denny, it's funny because when when I was being recruited, Michigan was it. If uh, if you were being recruited by Michigan, that was like the good housekeeping seal of approval. That meant like everybody would go after you. Um, and before that, it was kind of like Bo would take all of Woody's uh, rejects and um, and then beat him. Um, and so. Um, when I, when I was there, my year uh, being recruited, uh, I wasn't being recruited very highly. And Ohio State was lukewarm on me. As soon as Michigan jumped on me, it was over, and uh, everybody started recruiting me. Um, but and, and I was uh, real close with um, Glenn Mason. I mean, it was uh, it was a real toss up there, and uh, we had a real good relationship. But um, he kind of gave me an ultimatum, and uh, I said, okay, well, I'm gonna go on the trip anyways. So, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Okay. Uh, you get up into Ann Arbor's, uh, you, what were we talking about? A four or five year span? The, what was it like playing against Ohio State? How did you do? Yeah, we uh, we were two and two. Uh, I will never forget my freshman year. Well, I um, I was fortunate enough to play uh, all, all, uh, all my games that I was uh, suited for at uh, Michigan from uh, Jump Street. And um, um, my my freshman year, we were eight and two going into the big game, uh, into the game, and um, uh, very much an underdog. Ohio State was coming off an 11-0 season the year before, um, pretty much ranked in the top three or four in everybody's poll, and we went into Columbus and beat them. And Denny, I got to tell you, when you go home to Ohio and you're from, from Ohio, and you are at Michigan, and you beat Ohio, especially in their place, there's not many feelings that can match it. 
It's a, it's a great feeling. Uh, it's great to go home. You just can't wait. I mean, think about it. You're an 18, 19 year old kid and you're going back home to Ohio from Michigan after beating them on their home field. I mean, it, it just doesn't get any better than that. And, uh, it was a, a great experience. Um, had a little, uh, extracurriculars going on, uh, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving that year. And, uh, um, me and Ed survived it and, uh, the rest is, uh, go on, but, um, no, it was, it, it, we were two and two at Ohio and I was fortunate enough to win, um, the game when I was a freshman at Ohio and the game when I was a senior in Mich in Ann Arbor. And, um, that, that is also phenomenal feeling when you beat Ohio, your senior year, that stays with you the rest of your life. And I can't even imagine losing that game being a senior. I just, I, I, I can't even imagine it. It was, it was such a great feeling. It was such a relief to beat Ohio uh, on your senior day. Cause it's kind of like uh, your bragging rights for the rest of your life. You, you don't uh, get haze, right? Cause uh, 69, he was, would have been retired to what? 78. So you come a couple of years after that, but he still cast a pretty large uh, shadow uh, on the on the Buckeyes program there, and of course you played for both. So I mean, it, it was still as a you know like for me growing up, it was you know we took national championships and all that, but there was there was it was all Michigan, Ohio State. I mean that's the only thing that mattered. It's still it's still kind of like that, you know, not so much so anymore, but. You know, you were, you know, you were kind of right in the uh, the eye of the hurricane there. Well, yeah, exactly. We were in the um, um, Bo Bruce um, Wars. And, um, you know, Coach Bruce was a great coach, great man. I, I really enjoyed uh, being recruited by him. Um, but um, uh, those were some great games. They were always very well prepared. They were always very talented football team, um, always hard-nosed. And uh, you just kind of. You know, they. We, I remember George Loja telling me, Jerry, the last week doesn't even count. You, it'll go by so fast you won't even know you were in it. Um, that's Ohio. You know, that's the Ohio week. It, it just, it, it's a blur. It, it just goes by. You're in the game. You've already done your other ten or eleven games. Now it's the big one. And um, um, not nothing greater than running out on the field on that day. I saw Mike Sainer still this week, the Michigan captain. He said in the weight room, you know, they're always reminded that they have a sign up there. What are, what have you done today to, to beat Ohio State? And you've heard I've heard different players say, yeah, we're we might watch a little extra film during the during the season and, and watch some Ohio State. And I don't know about actually, you know, during the practice week. I don't know if anybody specifically said that would surprise me. I think actually over the last two years, I think some players have mentioned there might be a, a period where they spend some time and, and work on some things with Ohio State. How about back when you were playing? Did you guys? Well, Denny, I think I'm far enough removed that I can uh, admit this. Okay. Yes, I did look at Ohio State. When we were watching film uh, of uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, anybody, Michigan State, yes, I looked at Ohio State as well. I watched them as well. And uh, it, you're not going to, you know, I think you're really – BSing everybody if you say you don't look at Ohio every day. And uh, um, that, that was it. I mean, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who you played. You always had the film. And you could always take a look at the other side. And um, um, 
you know, that, that was it. I mean, you're going to, you're going to look at Ohio. I don't care. Let's uh, talk about this year's game. You know, last year and the year before, you know, Michigan uh, broke a, a long losing streak. Now Michigan has won two in a row. They're trying to win three in a row. They're the favorite. They're at home. Both teams are 11 and 0. Where do you start when you uh, tackle this matchup? Well, yeah, that's what it is, Benny. It's a lot of matchups. That's exactly, that's a great way of putting it. A lot of matchups. Um, we have J.J. McCarthy, a quarterback. Yeah, I don't know how he fell off the Heisman watch. I mean, the last couple games, yeah. But right now is the season. If J.J. has a great game against Ohio and uh, has a great game and, and, win, and beats Ohio and, and goes into the Big Ten Championship and has another great game, why isn't he back in the uh, into the talk? Um, I think we have the advantage there. I think J.J.'s a better uh, player than um, uh, McCord, uh, although he's a very good ball player, and he's got weapons. So, uh, But I think McCord is a little banged up from what I'm hearing, and um, I don't think he's as mobile as J.J. healthy. So when the two are healthy, I don't think McCord is as healthy or as mobile as uh, J.J. I think um, I think uh, McCord is going to be uh, bothered by the um, – uh, the fan noise. I, I'm hoping that 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 happens. Uh, you know, he's never, excuse me, he's never played in front of 110,000 trying to lead a team in that kind of environment. It, it, this is totally different for him. He's it, this is not something you can duplicate at practice. This is something that is going to hit him, shock him right off the bat. Now, how he handles it, that's going to tell a lot about how the game goes. If 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 we can rattle him. And and um, make him start looking at the rush instead of looking downfield. I think we got a real good shot uh, at beating them. Um, the receivers, uh, you know, we've got two great receivers. They've got two great receivers, and and their one great receiver is being uh, mentioned as a Heisman Trophy candidate. So again, here's another matchup where, you know, I would probably say the receiving core not by much. Don't get me wrong, the receiving core because of Marvin Harris. It is probably slightly uh, to the Ohio Ohio advantage. Um, I think we counter that with our tight ends. I think our tight ends are are better than Ohio's tight ends. The uh, offensive line. I mean, you've got three guys coming off of um, uh, the the uh, offensive line award two years in a row. You got Barnhart who started two years. Uh, Zinner, um, uh, Keegan. These guys are battle-tested. They've been around. They know what the game is all about. Um, I got to give the edge, honestly, to Michigan on the offensive line. Uh, I think we have the better offensive line. Um, I know a lot of people are, have been down on some of our tackles, but when you watch the film, I think our tackles do a real nice job on, on the ground. And, um, you know, that Penn State rush was uh, very, very good. And I, I don't know – if we were prepared for that uh, defensively, uh, I, I, I got to give our uh, two insides uh, the edge. Right? When you got Graham, Grant, uh, Jenkins, um, Goody, uh, th- those are four very capable bodies right there that take up a lot of room and, and do some nice things on the pass rush. I, I think our, our outside linebackers, McGregor, uh, Harrell and, uh, and Stewart, uh, I think, um, we're probably in a tie with them. I, I haven't seen um, much pass rush 
from Ohio State getting home. They're not one of the better sack teams or tackles for loss teams in the conference. Uh, and I think that's that's their philosophy this year. Don't give up the big play. You know, play sound defense. You're going to have to give up a step on the pass rush to be able to play the run. And I think that's what they've done. So, you know, pass rush-wise, I, I think we're, we're probably even. Um, the big matchup, obviously, is going to be Johnson and Harrison. And um, if we can put some pressure on McCord um, and, and try to make them one-dimensional, I think we can uh, we can be very successful. Uh, Henderson is a great running back, um, but again, I you know we we've got two running backs that have uh, um, done some great things over their careers. Um, Donovan Edwards played in this game, and I believe he had a broken hand last year. Is that correct, Denny? Okay, yep. He, yep. he's to, he's yeah. toting the ball for over. Yep, he's toting the ball for over two hundred yards against Ohio State with a broken hand, and we don't have Quorum. So now we have Quorum and Edwards. It's hard for me to give the advantage to Ohio State. Yes, they have Henderson. He's a good running back, solid running back, no question about it. But I think our our two punch is better than their two punch. So um, when you look at the matchups, I think uh, Michigan's got a uh, sixty to seventy percent uh, advantage in, in the matchups. Jerry, what about not having the head honcho on the sideline? Jim Harbaugh is a big time presence. I think everybody would agree. He's one of the top four or five coaches uh, in all of college football. He's not going to be on the sideline for Michigan. He has been there from Sunday through Monday. You're somebody. It's a good question to ask you. You're a longtime high school coach. If you were suddenly not available for a game, but then also you could put yourself in the shoes of when you were an assistant, if you were elevated, then you had to be the head coach and calling the shots. How big of a factor is it not having Jim Harbaugh on the sideline tomorrow for Ohio State? I think the biggest thing, Denny, is we had him all week long. We've had him for three weeks, and this team has prepared half the season without him on the sideline. Now, I, I will, I, I'm going to mention something where I can relate to this a little bit. A couple of years ago, I had open heart surgery, and um, right before the uh, season opener in uh, 22, I, I was getting a little um, anxious. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go up in the booth. So I pulled myself off the sideline and went up in the booth. Um, and, and that was, that was unprepared. That was uh, before the game. And uh, we did well, we won the game. And um, uh, I did a lot more up in the booth that year. Uh, it, you know, Jim Harbaugh is going to be missed. There's no question about it. My big concern with him not being on the sideline is the number of hats that um, um, Coach Moore is going to have to have. And, and now, he's done it two weeks in a row. He did it earlier in the season. Uh, he's capable of doing it. Uh, in this game, uh, we've got to be cautious of that because, you know, he, he's the offensive line coach, the offensive coordinator, head coach. That's a, that's a lot, of, uh, lot of rope that he's got to carry. And um, uh, he's been doing a great job. And, and uh, I, think, I think we are – accustomed now with coach Harbaugh not on the field and I think we're going to be okay remember Denny I was I used to be the guy who I, I would alternate the plays in and um um you know I, I would have I would be right next to Bo all the time and Jerry Hanlon was our offensive coordinator he's calling down the plays telling Bo Bo what he did on game day more than anything was 
decide if Jerry's play matched what he wanted to do. And, and um, um, for the most part, I think they did. And I, I think Bo lent, uh, uh, leaned on uh, uh, Jerry a lot in that category. And, um, you know, Bo was, you know, he was a game manager. He was, he was, that was, that was what he did. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, it's a tough job for coach Moore, but so far he's been phenomenal. I love the story. So it went from Jerry to Bo to Jerry, every other plate uh, <laughs> to get to play. I remember, you know, I was talking to Jerry Hanlon and uh, at the one point, you know, Jerry and I were talking and you know, we were talking about, Bo and, and he said, well, what'd you like about Bo? I said, you know, I, I loved it when he was just screaming into the headset. He was just on the sideline. And Jerry looked at me and said, who do you think was on the other end? And he was screaming. Are you crazy? <laughs> uh, that part was great. Now, look, we've seen Sheryl Moore, uh, Bowling Green, Penn State, and Maryland. Uh, those last two games, uh, the, the Maryland game, there were a lot of different decisions. That was a, a real pressure cooker. You know, he's going for it on a fourth and eight. He's running the ball on the fourth and sixth. Michigan ended up winning that game. So I'll say, you know, all of the things that he had to go through, uh, the the play calling, the uh, the decision to go for it on fourth down, I'm going to say all of those things are a positive because Michigan won and he went through it. He has that experience. I'll also say a lot of people are pointing to the Penn State game where it was a negative, like, oh, you know, they didn't throw a pass. They did, but, you know, it wasn't official. In the second half, Sharon Moore went into a shell and, you know, but Michigan won that game and that strategy, you can make an argument on, I think it's a winning argument. Michigan won the game and, you know, that they ran the ball, whatever it was, 32 times or something. That was a positive to me about Sharon Moore. But a lot of people are taking it and saying, no, no, it's, it's, it's a negative with Sharon Moore here. I, I mean, how are you looking at that? Well, here's the deal, Denny, and, and everybody out there that's listening, I want you to consider something when, when we talk about Sharon Moore running the ball so much against Penn State and just pounding it. How would you feel if we were pounding Penn State and he threw a pass and made us second and long or third and long? I mean, why would you get off doing something that is successful? Why get away from, from why you're winning the game? And until they stop it, and especially the run game, I mean, it's safe. It's easy. It's it it, it eliminated their pass rush. Okay, why would you get off doing that, which was successful, for taking a chance and and, and just looking like uh, we're going to just throw the ball and uh, um, keep everybody honest? That's my point. I mean, how would you feel if you're looking at this game and and we throw a pass when we got them on the move? We're, we're marching right down their throat. We throw a pass. Now we got a punt. Good point. We've got some film to get to. Let's answer some questions. And I'm picking Michigan to win this game 25 to 20. And I think Michigan will make more big plays in this game with their talented players over Ohio State, Michigan being at home. And I think the difference will be J.J. McCarthy running and throwing the ball. That's my analysis. Jason asking you, and getting to uh, his analysis, he's saying, with how tough both defenses play, I do believe this is J.J.'s game to win or lose. We need him to extend plays and find wide receivers downfield and then get us a few first downs using his feet. What are your thoughts on that point? Uh, every Everything is off the table. I mean, everything is on the table now. We, we it, it's, it's go or bust. We have to have J.J. running the ball. 
He's got to be able to run the ball. When J.J. can run the ball, it takes one more person out of the box to defend Corum, Edwards, uh, Mullings, okay? J.J. has to be able to run the ball. J.J. has to be able to hit passes downfield. We're going to take a look at one pass that he threw against Maryland, and I think it was just um, the excitement, the anxiety, whatever. It was more of a rope than a, um, a loft, and um, we're going to take a look at that a little bit later. But, yeah, J.J.'s got to make some plays. On the flip side of that, for them to be successful, McCord's got to make some plays. So, in my, in my opinion, I'm thinking I'd rather have J.J. on this one than uh, Kyle McCord. Uh, putting our trust in JJ as, uh, as opposed to McCord. What about Dave thinking that the first series is going to be telling if we run it without much difficulty, then Michigan rolls three and out, then it could be a game long fist fight. Well, that's not, nothing new. Those are always, those are typically the uh, Michigan Ohio state games. They're fist fights or they're, they're, they're uh, brawls. And, and um, I don't expect anything different than that. Um, I will say this, uh, it was, who was it that was just, was up there, Dave, Dave, yeah, Dave. Um, I, I, I hope I'm wondering if everybody realizes this, the last 21 games, the team that has run the ball the most and best has won the game. And so you can say whatever you want to say about the modern game, how passing you have to do this and have to do that at the end of the day in this game. The team that runs the ball wins the last 21 years. So that's what's gonna um that's what's gonna happen. I mean, they're gonna try to establish their running game. They are a much better running game, uh, running team than they were a year ago or two years ago. Much better. They gotta establish a run game too. So it, it's gonna be jockeying back and forth to see who blinks um uh and uh gives up on the run game a little bit. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, of course you would like to have a fast start. You'd like to have success early. But look, you know, Michigan didn't look so hot in that first series against Penn State. And then their defense, Penn State, went right down the field on it. But they bend, they they bent, but they didn't break. And that was important. That was as big a series. I think the, the first or second series Michigan had on defense as it was all game long because they were able to hold Penn State to a field goal. So uh, I don't I don't take everything away from what's happening in the first series or even the first quarter. I mean, Michigan was down to Penn State last year. Things weren't really looking so hot in the first quarter at all. And a lot of the second quarter until J.J. fouled Cornelius Johnson, until he hit him that second time. And actually, Michigan was down at the half to Ohio State last year. So I'm looking at this one. You can look at it any way you want. But, Jerry, four quarters in this game. And, you know, both of these teams, you – you. You want to say, you know, in 21, it was the trenches that won the game. It was Michigan's offensive line and Hassan Haskins. And it was a job Owen Hutchinson being able to get to the quarterback. But last year it was more of the skilled players and, and the big plays. I already mentioned Kojo, but Donovan Edwards and, and, uh, and, and McCarthy was able to find Colston Loveland for a 45-yard touchdown. Those are gigantic plays, big plays. So you have – both of those years, and you know, you can go to a lot of different ways to say this is what's going to be big and it can be in a kicking game. It's going to be, I know by watching the Lions yesterday, Jerry, that don't turn the ball over, you know, stay on the ball game, field position. And, uh, you know, well, Denny, you said a mouthful there turnovers that's going to be a huge part of this game. Uh, we have to, we have to secure the ball, we cannot give the ball 
uh, to Ohio, and we've got to create turnovers. We've got to get some uh, turnovers. We got those extra uh, possessions are what win ball games. When you can get when you can be a plus two or a plus three on an opponent, um, the the uh, percentage of you winning that game goes up dramatically. Just like blocking a punt, your percentage of going up and uh, defensive scores, the percentage of you winning that game goes up dramatically. You know, Denny, everybody's all worried. Last year, we had to have a last-second field goal against Illinois without Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards with a broken hand to beat Illinois. Um, Maryland, this was a tough match. You know, I, I heard uh, Scar talk about this um, on Monday, and he hit the nail right on the head. This was a dangerous team. It was a dangerous game, and it was a dangerous matchup. We're going to look at um, – uh, some really good opportunities to get better in this game because of what Maryland presented. They presented a team that can throw the ball with a phenomenal quarterback. This is a guy, he makes mistakes. There's no question about it. Uh, T- Talia, he makes mistakes, but this guy is good. He puts the ball where it needs to be put, and he hit us a few times, and um, – it, it, I think it was a good wake-up call for our secondary, and I think um, our secondary got tested, and I think they're uh, they're going to be ready to go. All right, uh, Jerry, I want to hear your opinion on how you think this game is going to go. I mentioned I think Michigan is just going to make more big plays than Ohio State, and J.J. McCarthy will be the, the difference maker in the fourth quarter. OT is not prescribing to my theory on the game. He's thinking that it's not going to come down to big plays but it will come down to consistency. There will be a lot of three yards and a cloud of dust. You mentioned Jim Scarcelli. He thinks it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Give me your thoughts. A high-scoring game, low-scoring game, uh, the trenches, uh, the uh, the skilled players. Uh, where are you coming down when people ask you? But just how you how you see this one playing out tomorrow? At I can see. Night. I can see. I can see two teams possibly in the twenties. Uh, hopefully, they're in the teens. Um, and hopefully we're in the 30s. So it's going to be in that 45 uh, the 50 uh, points um, over under, I think, uh, in the game. So that, that's my 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 thing. Uh, yeah, and I, I agree. Um, yeah, it, it last year came down to big plays. And, um, and, and I think Ohio State gave us opportunities to get big plays. And they are priding themselves this year on not giving up big plays and – uh, making teams go the distance to uh, um, to score, and um, so I think um, who, who whoever it was w- with consistency, I think you're right. I think I think this game is going to start off with a battle on uh, on the field position. I think uh, field position is going to be extremely important, especially in the beginning, and um, then the team that doesn't make mistakes is going to win this game. All right. With that, how about we walk through both sides and, and look at some film and some of the things that, that you have looked at when it comes down to this game? How about uh, how about that? Absolutely, Danny. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's take a look at this one right here. Um, you know, this is this is what really separates Corm from everybody else. When you look at this play. Maryland plays this thing pretty doggone well. We get a good 
movement on this five technique right here, this defensive lineman. We get good movement from Jones and Barnhart caving him in. Jones gets up on a backside linebacker. Great. Everything's good. What happens here is this outside linebacker comes down and meets uh, Bredesen right away, and he is constricting the hole. The hole is not getting better, bigger. We got uh, Zenner pulling around, and he gets met in, in the uh, hole with the linebacker. What Maryland does, the mistake that Maryland does, is these two guys don't stay home. Defenses have to stay home and play square against Michigan, especially against Corm. Watch Corm. Zenner comes up, gets met right there in the hole. Watch the linebacker come up, meet Zenner. Those linebackers were real tough, too. Those linebackers came up. Watch this backside over here. These guys over here, they're peeking in here. They want to make the play in here. Well, that's the wrong move. You got to stay home. You got to play disciplined uh, uh, defense when you're playing against Michigan. Okay, we're going to go to the next play. All right, inside zone from Deuce. Again, something that makes Michigan dangerous. Here we have Loveland lined up in the slot position right here. He's in the slot position. Comes in motion. All this is is inside zone with a kick out. Watch uh, Corum. He's eyeballing this linebacker. When the linebacker commits to one hole, Corum goes to the other hole and picks up great yardage on the play. Watch Corum hit the hole. He sees the linebacker unblocked. Look at the cut he makes. That is that is tremendous right there. And then he just kind of runs over the linebacker because he's got the momentum. The linebacker start uh, staying square, shuffling down the line. Quorum's got the momentum going forward. He sees the outside line, the uh, linebacker coming in, and immediately attacks the other uh, the other hole, which is a great run, great play by uh, Quorum. Outstanding. Okay, I'm going to talk a little defense here. This is a tough play right here. This is a very tough. It's kind of an RPO. What makes this play, Denny? is all this protection that Maryland gives to Leah. They, they fake the uh, uh, the dive. The tight end does a great job blocking out on Stewart. Um, who's this? Um, Moore comes up on the run. He's got to protect this A gap or this uh, C gap right here. That's his job. His also job is to play this tight end. And so when the tight end blocks, when the tight end blocks out, Moore comes up. And then Talia just tried to, tries to hit him right behind it. It's a great play by uh, Maryland. Just uh, the execution wasn't done well. But uh, that's a tough play to, uh, to uh, defend. And uh, Maryland offensively is a very, very good football team. They, are, they, they can put some points on the board. They're a very explosive team. Um, they do a lot of good things. They're, they're led by a great, great um, quarterback. All right, Denny. You are not going to be able to duplicate this with the scout team too much. And this was what was great for Michigan this weekend. We got to see a Class A passing attack um, with a great quarterback and very good receivers. These receivers are probably uh, – I would take these receivers third in the, uh, in the Big Ten. But these receivers, um, I think that's Prather up there. And Talia, he made us pay a couple times on the deep ball. A little bit off on this one, but I think Johnson now knows he's got to come to play. He's got to come to play against Harris, Harrison. And so this was a good 
match up a good uh, tune-up for our secondary. And uh, I thought we did okay. I thought we did pretty well. Uh, there were some mistakes. But, again, you also have to say the mistakes that were made were because they made plays and not so much that we were out of position. So this I was love it, Jerry. You know, uh, you know, a lot of talk, rightfully so, about Marvin Harrison Jr., but Will Johnson is a, a hell of a player. That particular matchup is the game inside of the game that we're all riveted to watch. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, again, Denny, I'm going to sit here and say this. The team that runs the ball best is going to win this game. Uh, Marvin Harris is going to be a factor in that run game because if we can play him with Johnson, then we have more guys to stop the run. If we have to help Harrison or help uh, uh, Johnson on Harrison, uh, they might have they might have a little bit of an advantage on the run game. So uh, we've got to put pressure on McCord, and uh, we've got to uh, make uh, make them more of a one dimensional team. Okay, Denny. A couple weeks ago, we watched Purdue, and we were playing we were playing Purdue, and we ran this counter tray. Um, and what happened was Loveland tried to get inside, and it was right after the bye. And I said, these are the little things that um, uh, I think we're going to get better on. We're going to change that. And, and and I said, Loveland should go outside the log block. These guys are squeezing down. They're squeezing that tackle real nice. They're playing flat down the line. Here we take Nugent and pull him out and, and log the uh, outside guy. And Loveland sees that and continues outside of the log for the linebacker. So this is how this play looks. We've got all this going down here. We got the double team coming down. We got the backside uh, sealed. We got Nugent going to pull around and, and log this outside linebacker. Then we got Loveland coming around for the linebacker. Um, one other thing I want to point out on this is this is an elite, this is an ineligible uh, receiver right here. This guy is covered by number one, and the reason why you know that is because these four guys are in the backfield. He's motioning. And he's in the backfield, definitely. So you can only have four people in the back in the backfield. He's ineligible. But they still have to have people out here. They got to have people out here. What if we throw a screen here to uh, Johnson? Um, they'd have to have people out here to account for it. And that's what makes Michigan's offense very difficult. Also on the ineligible uh, um, or unbalanced line, what I should say, sometimes defenses make a mistake and actually play the extra player out there on the ineligible line, uh, player. And so now you have two people in the box that, um, that are extra. Yeah. How often do teams do that? They don't do that that often, flare a guy out and have the ineligible guy that far out, do they, Jerry? Or does that happen a lot? No, that, no, Denny, and that, that's what I'm saying about Michigan's yeah. offense. It yeah. is they give you so many different things to look at that you don't see all the time. I didn't uh, see that. With, no, I didn't see we, that either. We, we play with tight ends. We, we play with the fullbacks. We play with, uh, you know, traditional offenses that are untraditional now. And so um, I think that's what gives defenses a huge headache when they play Michigan. Um, the different formations, the different motions, all the different things that are going on, um, we, we just make you always think. You're thinking all the time on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Denny, I, you know, when Keegan makes a play right here, 
offensive line, offensive linemen are playmakers just like anybody else. When you got an offensive line that can dominate the line of scrimmage, like we did against Penn State, when you don't have to run the ball, um, that's those are playmakers. Those are playmakers. And I can tell you right now, as, a, as an old offensive lineman, I'd much rather block for the run than I would for the pass. And, um, and our offensive line has done a great job all year running the ball. Keegan makes this play because I'll tell you again, these linebackers were real good this, uh, against us. Excuse me. They were real good. Watch him come up and meet Keegan right in the hole. Keegan makes this play because he stays square, blocks the linebacker in the hole, right at the hole, and then Corn makes a great cut and makes a play. Those are good linebackers. Watch that linebacker, Denny. Boom. He's up on Keegan right now. I mean, he's delivering the blow, and Keegan's actually behind the line of scrimmage. That's not Keegan's fault. This kid just came up and made a heck of a play. Um, Barnhart gets, or uh, yeah, Barnhart gets down on the backside linebacker, and and this double team, this double team right here, Denny, between this guard and tackle, when you can push the three technique inside the guard and get that tackle up on the linebacker. That's what really makes plays go. And, um, and and we've been doing that all year long. We we are making the outside combo blocker get on the linebacker. And that's uh that's really nice. But this is a great play by Keegan. And and you know, I'm calling him a playmaker on that play. He he did a great job staying square. I'm gonna go back to it one more time. I want to point out watch him stay square to the line of scrimmage, and he meets him square. Look at how square he is. See his shoulders square there, Denny. Yeah. He squared to the line of scrimmage and he consumes that linebacker. The linebacker gets a great pop, but Keegan just consumes the linebacker and he can't make the play because he's busy trying to get off Keegan's block. So great job by Keegan there. Uh, great run by Corn. You know, it's fascinating, Jerry. So many times you watch it and, and you know, you, uh, I think as fans, you, you know, you can tell when a guy just plows somebody into the ground or something, but even before, you know, Colston Loveland just meeting somebody in the backfield, you don't even have to – If sometimes a good block is just getting in their way and, you know, barely chipping them a little bit. And, like, what uh, what Keegan did there, you, you might say, you know, the linebacker got into him, but he got his job done there and was able to get, uh, you know, positive yardage. I know he's getting a pat on the back in the in the film room, but the fans watching that, they're not picking all that stuff up. I like it. Uh, Denny, here, here's the thing about the offensive line play. Uh, I, I played offensive line for Michigan. I was undersized. I was 225 as a uh, sophomore, starting as a sophomore at offensive guard. Uh, and, and believe you me, we had 300-pounders. We had Bubba Paris, Ed Moransky, Kirk Becker. Um, we had some big, big boys on the offensive line. And, and, and um, somehow I got to play uh, with those guys. But the one thing I think um, that I did, and I see Michigan linemen doing a lot, is they get engaged with the defender. They get engaged with the defender. They stay engaged with the defender. They keep their feet moving, and then they bury them when the defender reaches. You hit the nail on the head, Denny. When the defender is taking on a blocker, he's not making a tackle. Hat on a hat. Keep your feet moving. Stay engaged. You're going to have a good football play. Okay. Um, inside zone. Again, this Mullins, he's, uh, I love this compliment with Corm uh, uh, and Edwards and now Mullins. Mullins does a great job, again, setting up this linebacker where he sees him filling one hole 
and Mullins uh, bounces out to the other uh, to the other hole. Yeah, I think if Keegan stays a little bit more square here with Nugent, I think he could pick up this linebacker coming over the top. But let's watch this. See, see how you see uh, Keegan's number seventy seven. You don't want to see that. That's something you don't want to see. What you want to see is square shoulders. Once he does that, he can't pick up that linebacker. If he were to stay square, he would have been able to pick that linebacker up. And now it's um, Mullins, one, you know, running through uh, arm tackles when people are being blocked. So again, this is something I think we're gonna um, we're gonna we'll probably be looking at in film. And um, I think Keegan's gonna get this corrected. If we stay square here, I think Keegan picks up that linebacker right there. You see it, Denny? Yeah, I see him. I see the 77 for sure. You see big 77. Once you turn your shoulders, you can't get this block. If he stays square there, and I got a feeling he's going to be doing that against Ohio State. He's going to be staying square against Ohio State. All right, Denny. This was a play that we ran against Penn State and – um, I think JJ carried the ball on it, uh, but it's kind of like a buck. It's kind of like an old buck play, you know, pull out the guard, kick out the corner. Everybody's blocking down and, and um, we're going to get uh, people in the alley. What, what hurts this play is um, the penetration of this guy right here. This outside, this uh, outside edge player right here. Love uh, Loveland, I think is too far removed. He's not going to make this block. What he does, what this defender does, is he gets penetration, which knocks off Barnhart's path. If Barnhart stays on his path, I think he's got a much easier kick out. But now he's got all this space. You see that, Denny? You see how Barnhart's getting knocked off his path? Yeah, he kind of curls around instead of going yeah. straight. Yeah. Now that corner can play. In, and he, he's got a two-way go. The corner's got a two-way go. And I don't know if this backside linebacker makes the play if we get the kick out. We have Zinner uh, and uh, who else is that? Johnson? No, that's uh, Morse down um, in the alley. So we've got blockers in front of them. If we get that, uh, um, if we get that kick out without that penetration, I think this is a much bigger play. Does he just get pushed on his shoulder there a little bit? Just knocks him back, maybe a couple feet. That's why he that's takes. It. That's all it is. And, and, you know, we talked about this last week. It's a game of inches. Every that little bit right there throws this play off. And that's why we weren't successful on this play. That little bit of penetration right there killed that play. Okay. Um, Edwards is playing well. He's starting to really get, get better. I want everybody to watch this run he makes because I, I, you know, at the beginning of the season, people were questioning his toughness and how tough is he? Is he soft? What, you know, what, what, why is he getting brought down by one arm tackles and all that? Well, you know, there is that junior, uh, that junior uh, curse, and he's playing through it now. Watch this linebacker right here. He's unblocked, Denny, and this is the same guy that just met Keegan in the line. Watch him come up and meet Donovan Edwards in the hole. Nobody blocking him. He comes up and meets Donovan right in the hole. Watch Donovan keep his feet moving and gain that extra yard. That's a great play. That's a great run by Donovan Edwards right there. What Bo used to say, I, I, I could tell you what kind of running back they are when they come out the other end of the pile. 
And Donovan does this right here. Great job by Donovan Edwards right there. We need him. We need him to play well. He needs to be the, the man. Okay. Now let's look at the um, – here you go, Denny. Here's your short yardage again with me. We're running away from the strength. Here's Loveland. Loveland is the strength right here. Look what Maryland does when they see that strength. They put the extra block, the extra defenders over here. So they're thinking, well, Loveland's over here. They must be coming over here uh, on this side. Loveland's going to lead, kick out, and um, and uh, Bredesen's going to um, lead up into the hole. What we do is we fool them. We go away from strength. We and, and instead of pulling the backside guard on a true power scheme, we're pulling the front side guard, which I called that with a G scheme. That was a G scheme. And what that does is it puts an extra man there for us. We don't have to worry about a double team or anything else. We block down, block down. Zenner kicks out. Bredesen leads. And Corum does the rest. But I just like that. Look at the hole that happens because of that uh, kick out. When that tight end goes down, that tight end goes down, that number two de defender has to go with him. He's got to squeeze that hole. And so when he does, he opens up the hole in the seed gap and Corum uh, exploits it and goes right in. Um, I love the way our short yardage and our goal line has been all year. Um, just been uh, very, very good. This is probably the biggest play of the game. Now, the reason I have Varner circled here is I'm trying to explain a formation here. What We used to call this trips. Now, a lot of people are out there saying, well, there, there's a, there are a lot of versions of trips. This is trips. There are times when you have a tight end here with two receivers and a receiver over here on the quick side. Um, but this, this is what I would call trips. Tight end down here, three receivers to the top of the screen. This is the biggest play of the game. And this is why... Sharon Moore um, has got my confidence all, all big time. Um, he, is, uh, he is confident. He's confident in his players. He's cool and calm on the sideline. Um, and and he's, just, uh, he's just doing a phenomenal job with matchups. And uh, what does he do here? He brings Loveland in motion. He only needs three yards. He doesn't want to run the ball here. Totally understandable. Sends Loveland, who I think is the best tight end in the, in the uh, Big Ten. And Loveland does what I call a little Q route. So he starts out and then comes back in. What is really good about this, everybody talking about how bad J.J. was, this is a hell of a throw. Excuse my language, but this is a heck of a throw right here by J.J. Watch Loveland. He does that little Q. There's three guys in that triangle right there. You see that, Denny? Yeah. There's three guys right there for Loveland. That's a heck of a throw. Now, the other thing I think helps this, if we remember correctly, in the first um, first half, Jay, when J.J. threw the interception on the goal line, I think everybody could see that he was just staring down the receiver the whole time. That's right. I, think, I think this time what he does is he kind of stares this linebacker down, giving Loveland a little bit of time to just uh, engage in that area and then and then throws the rope. But let's look at uh, J.J. Watch his eye. He, he hasn't gone to Loveland yet. Now he's going. You see that, Denny? Yeah, subtle. It's a subtle little thing. 
It's a subtle little thing. Watch his helmet. The wings aren't showing yet. Now the wings are going, right? And he puts a bullet right on Loveland. That's a great, great play. Phenomenal play. Uh, phenomenal call by our coach. Um, great throw by uh, uh, JJ. This is uh, Coach Moore being a seasoned vet, calm, prepared, and confident. It didn't take us any time to get into that play. We knew what we were doing. And uh, that, that's a great uh, compliment to Coach Moore. He's uh, very prepared, uh, very confident in his players, uh, very cool on the sideline. He's been doing a great job with that. Like okay, to hear. we're going to take a this, look at this last play here. Very uncharacteristic. I, I don't think we've seen this much this year. Interception, punt, touchdown, punt. Um, we are one of the best teams in the country on scoring possessions percentage-wise. In other words, the percentage of times that we get the ball, we are scoring at least field goals and most of the time touchdowns. Uh, I think we're we're right up there one or two in the country, um, and, and that's that. And so – uh, this was very uncharacteristic. This was what the, you know, this is what the offense did all year, all day long. And, and, and that's why we don't have a lot of uh, um, highlights for our offense. We were very uncharacteristic uh, in this game. I, I see us a totally different team this week. Okay. Basically, this is a two-man route, Denny. It's a two-man route. We're going to watch this corner just sit. And again, why is he sitting? Is he sitting because he's worried about a tight end crossing or is he worried about a receiver crossing? What's he worried about? But he doesn't even go with Johnson. Johnson is basically one-on-one -on -one with this free safety. What we do is we run a little dig route here, which takes care of this corner safety. He's out of the picture. Now all this field over here, Denny, is wide open. All that field is wide open. What J.J. does I think he gets a little bit anxious and he tries to throw a rope and the ball is so hard. Johnson can't even get around to make that play. The, the, the ball, the ball was thrown so hard. Um, the, the, uh, CJ can't get around and make that play. Um, I think what you're going to see this week is JJ putting a little bit more loft on the ball. I think this could be open again for us. We know, we know that they're going to have, the run game prepared for. They're going to want to stop our run, which is going to give us opportunities for this. I don't see J.J. missing this two games in a row. That's I it, Danny. I don't either, Jerry. You know, I, I, I don't – I think what I saw from McCarthy – you know, last year, J.J., you know, he was pretty good except he wasn't, whether it was on the same page, just didn't have, obviously didn't have the success with his uh, receivers down the field. Now, Andrew Anthony could have caught one against Illinois, and there were a couple other ones that maybe, you know, you'd have thought, but, uh, but really he didn't play. He played his best game in terms of throwing the ball down the field or putting it all together in Columbus, and he was able to do it. And so, and, and we've watched him, whether it was against Bowling Green uh, bounce back the next week, um, you know, and, you know, people are worried about his mobility, thinking that he's a little bit banged up. I think it's a good sign. There were a couple good signs. One, 
that he uh, showed up on Monday to the news conference. You know, if he's really banged up, I don't know if you're going to have him out there on Monday, you know, and he talked about, you know, getting treatment and feeling pretty good. And then, you know, the reports that he's been practicing in full that, uh, you know, from the Maze and Blue Review that, you know, you, you feel pretty good about him getting out there and being able to have all of his, uh, his full arsenal ready to go. And then, you know, how much, uh, you know, he'll lay it on the line, being the hockey player that he is, uh, um, you know, in front of the hometown fans in a place that he's never lost yeah. as a starting quarterback. So yeah. uh, I think I can he- tell you, Denny, I can tell you, um, I had an ankle injury my senior year in high school. And um, remember, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a recruit. I'm a pretty good sized recruit. And I hadn't missed the first half of the game of, of our first game. I got hurt in the scrimmage. We were scrimmaging Maslin. And um, I couldn't, it blew up on me. I couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. I I wasn't ready to go until the second half of the first game. After that first week, though, um, the the improvement was tremendous. Ankle injuries, they take about a week to get ready and get uh, get out of you. And um, um, I think JJ's going to be just fine. I got a feeling. I hear that. Are are we, are uh, you got more film or? I got a little bit on Ohio State. Just want to show you um, just a couple little things. Uh, here we're going to see uh, Travion Henderson, very good running back, very good running back. Kind of blew this game open because if he doesn't score in the second half, um, McCord's being hurt and all that, um, it might be a different game because um, if you look at this, this, uh, this score in this game, Ohio State scored in the second half with a Henderson 75-yard touchdown. And two interceptions that put him on the six-yard line and the 15-yard line. So um, this is a much more conservative team than they have been in the past. But this is Travion Henderson. I got the guard and center uh, circled there because this is something new from uh, Ohio State. They're pulling a lot more this year. And now they're pulling the center. And I'll tell you what, pulling the center in a gun, that's a tough thing to do. We do it all the time. Now they're starting to do it, but that's a tough thing to do. And it's tough on the defense because now you actually get an extra guy out there blocking on, um, with the center. So that um, they're more of a uh, run team than they have been in the past. This is uh trip trainerman and uh, he's their backup. And uh, I would, I would say that Edwards is better than him. Uh, I think Coram's better than Henderson and um, we're going to find out tomorrow. But uh, this kid is a very capable backup running back. And this is something that Ohio State really hasn't had in the past. This kid can run. He's a hard-running kid. Uh, he puts his shoulders down. And he he, uh, he delivers a blow. So he's, he's a good backup. Kyle McCord to Marvin Harrison, Jr. Um This is the thing that Marvin that Harrison does. He puts you in in a position where you got to get off the ball on him. You can't be up on in his nose because he could go right by you and burn you. But if you give him too much space, this is what he can also do to you. He can take that what eight yard pass and make it twenty eight. Okay, got to tackle uh, him. You got to you got to tackle him. You got to keep him in front of you. Um, but you can't miss tackles like this. This is the kind of stuff that. Uh, uh, will give them some confidence and some momentum. We cannot allow that kind of stuff to happen.
But that's their court McCord to Harrison combination right there. Uh, and they've been effective. Um, Emika Iguka. Ibuke. Uh, Ibuke. Um, this is the young man who uh, caught the pass against Notre Dame late in the game. I don't know how you let this guy go down the middle of the field, especially when Harrison was hurt. But uh, Ibuke went right down the middle of the field and, and caught a nice pass. This guy seems to be uh, the one that they want to hit in the middle of the field. He, he's the one that they seem to hit in the slot position. And um, just eh, that's just way too much. Yeah, way maybe too much cushion. let these guys get free releases right down the seam. I mean, th this is way too easy uh, for uh, Ibuke. Yes, it is. That was that was way too easy. You, you might want to keep an eye on him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, help me out with this name, JT. Uh, JT. JTT, yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, and Jack Sawyer. These are good edge rushers. I mean, they, they, uh, they, they seem not to be getting upfield as fast as they were uh, a year ago or two years ago. But um, but I think that's by design. I think they're more into um, stopping the run and then pass rush after that. But these are two very capable outside edge rushers. Um, the good news is I think they're more bull rush than Penn State's outside guys were. I think Penn State's were just pin your ears back and go, whereas these guys are a little bit more physical and, and get into – uh, the tackles a little bit more that way. Um, if that's the case, I think we're 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 in better shape. We're in better shape because I think our guys would much rather uh, perform inside a uh, telephone booth instead of out out in space. So these are their two edge rushers. And that's what we cannot do: turnovers. That's. The first of two very nice field positions that Ohio State has claimed right there. Mm, all right. Okay. Jordan Hancock uh, and number one, Davison Igabinusim. Uh, these are uh, these guys are leading. Uh, they're they're in the uh, uh, a spot for uh, forced fumbles and uh, interceptions. So uh, they're in the top 25 in those uh, categories. Uh, very capable uh, DBs. And you know they're being practiced. I mean, they have to go against uh, Harrison all the time and bouquet all the time. So you know they're uh, they're going to be well-schooled in the past. But here's uh, number seven. And, again, turnovers kill. Now, you, you Denny – they just had two possessions inside the 15-yard line in the second half because of turnovers. Look at the score, 27 to nothing. We just saw two touchdowns uh, by, by big plays and broken plays. And so this is what we cannot do. We cannot give up the ball, and we cannot give up big plays. Okay. This is – I think Eichenberg was missing. So this is Cody Simon uh, replacing uh, Tommy Eichenberg. He seems a little bit light, very good in pass coverage, but a little bit light against the run. I'm expecting to see Eichenberger this week. 
Um, so there'll be a little bit more stop in the run there. That's it, Denny. Well, I'm it. And as far as uh, JTT, it's actually, it, it kind of, when you look at it, uh, Tui Moa Loa. Hopefully we don't hear a lot of his name. Uh, he got planted into the ground by a backup tight end from Michigan last year, but hopefully you don't hear a lot of Tui Moa Loa's name uh, tomorrow. No, you remember last year he had a great game against Penn State, and you didn't hear from him there uh, against us at all. No, no, he sure didn't. Michigan did a great job, and um, you know, Michigan, uh, you know, the the, the tackle position. If I could, (laughs) there's a lot quarterback I would pick. You know, who could have their best game against Ohio State? But the the second position that I would pick would be the Michigan offensive tackles. If they, I I feel pretty good about every. Not that I don't feel good about them, but. I feel like they could, if they could put it together and have their best game, you know, not every game can be your best game, but the, the Michigan offensive line, specifically their offensive tackles, if they could put their best game together tomorrow, I think, uh, you know, feel even better about Michigan's chances of coming out with the victory tomorrow, Jerry. All right, Jerry, what do you, what do you, you know, before the game, if you take this, I know you, you want to keep things kind of you know, just kind of business as usual. You don't need to really hype anybody up, but you know, they have the, the odd dynamic of, of Harbaugh is going to be with the team. And then when they go to get on the bus, he's going to be just wait. I don't know how they do that. Does he go in? Does he just, you know, all right, boys, see you after the game. Uh, does he give them a rousing speech, you know, before they get on the bus? I mean, how, how do they, uh, how do you think they handle that? Well, I think they give him, I think he gives them a swat talk. He reminds them about some things. And uh, he sends them on their way. And then uh, hopefully at the end of the game when we beat them, um, we helicopter them in, uh, keep everybody in the bleachers, helicopter them in, middle of the field. I'm just being uh, funny now, but uh, wouldn't that be something? Hey, I, you know, I, I would have him. I don't know if he can be in uh, in the football office, but, you know, there's there's a, a golf cart that, in you know, and uh, an escort that could get him. I don't know if he can be in the stadium or not. No, Denny, I, I just heard um, the end. I, I don't know if this is true, but I heard from a, 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 a source, Tony Anise at Ferris State. You know who he is, right? Uh, Head coach up there. Yep. Okay. The cigar smoker. Yeah. The cigar smoker. So they suspended him for one game, which is the playoff game. I heard he was in the first row at uh, Grand Valley for the playoff game. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I heard, but um, well, yeah. I've heard a lot of the you know people talking about well can you know can Harbaugh get some communication in? Obviously, he could get some communication. Could they hardwire some communication into the press box where they could relay something down for him? I don't know. Like you know, maybe they could do some things like that. Is he going to have something you know uh, at the halftime where he can you know uh, impart some of his wisdom? I'm sure you know that he could. I don't know what the rules are. Uh, I, I don't. And I, I'm. I'm pretty sure that he is not supposed to be in communication with anybody up under the press box or anything like that. But I don't know. I even know if the rules are like, uh, don't do it on a Michigan phone. You know, if you're going to be sending it text, I don't know. Yep. Who yep. knows? All right, Jerry. Uh, I've got Michigan winning the ball game. How about you? Hail to the victors! I got Michigan winning. There you go, great, Jerry. Great job, and look forward to you. Uh, talking with you about how Michigan will do against Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. Can't wait, Denny. Can't wait. Can't either. That's Jerry DiOrio. And join us tomorrow after the game.
hit that like button. And we love those five-star reviews on the podcast. Talk to everybody.